and welcome back to They Made Another One. Each week we discuss an often forgotten installment in a franchise and see if you should check it out for yourself. I'm one of your hosts, Corey, and with me I've got Liam. In the words of uh, Pete Holmes, I think, I just stepped on a Lego. It's the most painful thing in the world. Yeah, I think that was Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. I'm like I'm like 80% sure. Pete Holmes and everyone else in the entire in the world. <laughs> oh, right. It's hashtag um, relatable. That's hashtag relatable Pete Holmes. Get that trending on Facebook. And Mitch is also here. Hello. Hi. What would I want with an old doll? Groovy, baby. Are you Austin great. Powers? <laughs> no, that, that was spot on. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to be the main character of the movie. That was so good. <laughs> Guys, listen up. It's fucking Christmas. Sort of. No, it ain't. To some people, it is. Well, Those Christmas came are... earlier this year, let me tell you. <laughs> Am I right? Uh, some people yeah. very feel very strongly that it's Christmas. And I'm not one of those people, but for the sake of this podcast, I will be. So welcome to December 1st, a.k.a. Christmas. Is it December and 1st? It When this episode comes out, it is. Wow, so we're just going to live in the future nice, for a little hey? bit. Happy, yeah. happy Christmas, everyone. Everyone knows Christmas, December 1st. The Let's big go. day. Pete Holmes's birthday, which is what we celebrate every year. Is that true? No, wow. it's not. Well, it might be. I didn't check. Mm. I'm assuming it's not, but you know, I've lied before um, on this podcast, so I mean, can't rule it out. Corey, um, you've got to go through and do your cast and crew thing, but also check all their birthdays. There's <laughs> got to be a December first birthday on there, and this episode is de- dedicated to that person. I'm willing to, after we're done recording, check all of those. I am willing to do that. So if the, if I edit something in here, then it was somebody's December first birthday. Um, but we're not going to talk about that. I think what we are going to talk about is the fact that it doesn't feel like Christmas at all. Um, first of all, it's November, which is certainly a challenge for Christmas. Yeah. Look behind the curtain. It is, it is November right now, but you know, we live in Canada and the weather, not especially Christmas. Like last year, I swear it was like snowing in October and we got nothing, man. No, no, we, we've got some like, flakes here. Yeah, so a few flakes, but nothing that's stayed. A few flakes, kind of frigid outside, but, you know, no fluffy snow, which is what I think of. Yeah, I'm not in the <laughs> We're spirit. starting off with the weather already, boys. This one might be rocky. <laughs> I think it's important to set up, like, like, it's like, so last year I remember when Liam and I recorded about uh, Bazinga Boy in the Elf Extravaganza musical, um... It was raining that day, and there was no snow, and it was like the middle of December. Like oh, Corey, I tell you what, last Christmas Day, which uh, <laughs> is not December first, everyone, it's it's December twenty fifth. Last Christmas Day, it was for the first time in my entire uh, Canadian based Christmas life. There was no snow on the ground at all. It was cement as far as the eye can see, and it ruined my whole plans for the day because that was the day I was ready to propose to my girlfriend and i thought we'd take a walk with my dog there would be snowflakes falling beneath the moonlight 
a sheet of fluffy snow on the ground looking like the last strip from Calvin and Hobbes. And I thought I can just propose anywhere outside and it's going to be beautiful, right? It can be in the middle of a sidewalk. It could be in an intersection. It could be on the top of like a sledding hill and it's going to be amazing. And uh, I ended up uh, just having to propose in the paved parking lot behind a greasy Thai restaurant uh, and it, it didn't feel like Christmas at all. Is there a reason you chose that particular location? No, it was just the end of our walk. I, I stretched out the walk as long as I could, hoping that it might start to snow. It was probably a little uh, a little after 11 p.m. at this point, so time was running out, and eventually I just had to call it. So, so it was very intentionally Christmas then, because you like there wasn't a version of this where you waited until it snowed. No, yeah, intentionally Christmas so that years from now I won't forget that like our anniversary is on December 28th or something. <laughs> it was all about planning. <laughs> and also, th- I th- it, my birthday is December 26th, so I thought that would right, make my birthday really nice. Well, yeah, I yeah. don't want to double up, but but it would make it so, you know, I'd be a proposed man and then I would have a great birthday the next day, and I did, but it was also a snowless birthday as well. It was very strange. So... Yeah. Um, and here we are again, snowless. Yeah. So we'll have to save a brilliant, wintry, snowy Christmas movie for the last week of the of the month. And we'll update you all on what the weather is like here. Yeah, because right now I, I'm certainly not feeling it. And I know that this is Mitch's first Christmas with us um in the big <laughs> they made another one family <laughs> sounds like a dog us. that you guys adopted <laughs> yeah <laughs> we know that Bucky's mitch was born Christmas six months ago <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> and everything before that was just a mass hallucination um so you know you want to build up like hey we're doing a big christmas extravaganza you know our halloween extravaganzas are pretty spooky and that always feels appropriate but i don't know it's just i'm not I'm not feeling it. So, well, you I know, guess, Corey, enough of what you feel. What, Mitch? Do you feel like it's? Christmas? I was about to ask him. Come that. on, I was, I was literally nah. about to do that. Nah, not really. It doesn't oh, okay. feel like Christmas. Then you, you carry on, Corey. We're all on the same Great. page. <laughs> Finally, more about me. Okay, um, but yeah. So, I guess, Mitch, are you in the tier list of ha- uh, Halloween's in the tier list of holidays? <laughs> um, I just you, feel like we just did Halloween. Where does Christmas rank? for you are you a christmas man in terms of like do i stand christmas do you stay um, at christmas <laughs> stanta i would say that was a big core i would joke. say christmas S- I would say it's a, it's a toss up between christmas and halloween okay i like to hear that a toss up between christmas and halloween i would say i probably prefer halloween but i like christmas too okay and so that's a good baseline that for us to have. It's tough to talk about Christmas when it's November 24th and there's no snow on the ground, huh? Jeez Louise, how do people do it? Well, we have the advantage of having watched Home Sweet Home Alone, right? Because that's, you know, not to not that to could, that bury gone. the lead any farther. That's what we're here to talk about. We all watched it. Yeah. So that was the kickstart of our Christmas season. So maybe, you know, maybe we are, uh, maybe that helped. No? Maybe Did, it helped. Didn't get me to... in the Christmas spirit. <laughs> So uh, that's a good segue, though, which, you know, I love those. If you guys want to get me anything nice for Christmas, get me a segue. Um, (laughs) And I don't think we've had reason to talk about Home Alone before today. We haven't. I know that we have not. Liam. Okay, Liam, do you want to talk about Home Alone? Sure. Tell me about your thoughts and feelings about Home Alone. Do you love it? Do you only like it? Do you like like it? 
I like like it, and I love it. Like I, uh, I feel very close to Home Alone. It's got to be one of the first Christmas movies I remember watching, and it is one of about. I'd say I'd say my family has three or four December mainstays where they're just on every year, and Home Alone is is probably. Uh, in contention for that number one spot. The only thing that might beat it out, which I realized just like this last week that we could do on the podcast as well, is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Do you guys know that okay. one with Chevy Chase? Uh, I actually don't know if I've ever like watched yeah. it properly, like sat down and watched it. I couldn't yeah. tell you what the movie's about other than christmas sure yeah well we'll have to do that one some at some point but that's uh just by virtue of they're on for like a month at a time every year home alone and christmas vacation and the original christmas story as well which we talked about last year by way of christmas story too those are some of my most watched movies um i just love love home alone um i think it does uh some of the best work um in making me feel like i'm in the christmas spirit like um now people kind of when you think of home alone you think of like the the booby traps at the end of the movie and and joe pesci and um the dad from christmas story 2 uh getting (laughs) like stepping on (laughs) thumbtacks and stuff um but that stuff comes in the last i don't know it feels like it's like the last 30 even maybe 20 minutes or so um and before that it's just like macaulay culkin hanging out he's alone at his house but even before that he's got all his family over at his big john hughes-esque mansion and um it just and the way that chris columbus the director of the movie frames a lot of uh the city in that movie it's it's chicago based um and it feels like snowy chicago the music john williams has a score in that movie that is just like it hits me um it it feels like such an iconic christmas song now the way that all these classics have for like hundreds of years and i have just always felt a unique kinship with uh the culkin family macaulay culkin being one of them i watched a lot of macaulay culkin movies as a kid uh the good son richie rich um he even has a movie from the early 2000s that was uh, one of his first adult roles uh, called Party Monster that he was in with Seth Green. And I remember seeing that movie for the first time when I was in the fourth grade. And I was like, wow, like it feels like my uh, older brother's best friend is like grown up and he's a man now. And it was just yeah. so cool to see. And so um, I was recently gushing about the Culkins with a coworker, and they brought up Party Monster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's a really cool movie. Um, yeah. Yes, and uh, like so, so much so, this this kinship with the Culkins. Of course, my my love for Rory Culkin is well documented. Um, but I love Macaulay Culkin as well. And so, Macaulay Culkin, he starred in like an ad, kind of like a long form ad that was also an episode of a web series in like 2015 or so where is he... this the google ad or is this some something else no i don't think it's for google um okay and he, it might not even be an ad but like the series was called drivers um like d-r-y-v-r-s 
And uh, it has huh. a bunch of different episodes, but he did the first episode, and in it, he ostensibly uh, reprises for the first time ever um, Kevin McAllister from Home Alone, and he 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 has uh, this um, monologue where he's talking about how his his parents left him alone, and there was this cre- these creepy guys coming after him, and and he had to fight back, and it's sort of like a, a troubled, like realistic version of Kevin McAllister, but like also it's it's making fun of itself and. Um, and that short was called "Just Me in the House by Myself." I've just looked this up. Oh my god! Yeah, and I've seen holy that. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so in 2015, I took that name, that like super long synonym for Home Alone, "Just Me in the House by Myself," and I I signed up on Gmail, on YouTube, uh, Instagram, basically everywhere I could with that name because I thought that is such a great like evocative name. And since then, I have used that as the name for my solo. Uh, musical project like if you search just me in the house by myself on youtube yeah you're gonna see that macaulay culkin thing but you might not have I to tag scroll it far. in posts about this show yeah yeah exactly exactly <laughs> so uh um wow this is and, awesome and so I, I i really like that idea um i like i like the idea of being home alone i mean i've said on on podcasts before that i love like singular location movies home invasion horror movies are awesome and while home alone is is obviously not a horror movie like i just mm. I, I i really there's a great horror movie cut of a trailer online uh that that recuts <laughs> it as if it's a horror movie and so you don't have to stretch far and i just love that idea of uh of uh being home alone especially as a kid and like learning about yourself in the midst of it and uh so i'm a huge huge home alone fan huge uh, macaulay culkin fan um huge and, rory culkin uh, fan <laughs> massive rory culkin <laughs> fan even bigger than macaulay culkin but it's this close. is making me realize that i know macaulay culkin is probably over uh christmas uh on account of his whole christmas life that he lives mm-hmm. but um how have they never made a special with all of the culkins kind of having a comeback how have they never made a special just called christmas with the culkins just put all the culkins in there that would what be nice. It, it could happen. I would watch I mean, that. They're all still Kieran young. Rory Culkin's you mad know? popular now. Rory Culkin's still doing shit. Macaulay Culkin's like walking on fucking fashion runways. Now's the time. Yeah. I, w- I, would, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. And also uh, the art for my uh, Just Me in the House by Myself. A lot of the art, like my YouTube profile picture and like my yeah. band camp cover photo. Like it's it's drawings of Macaulay Culkin that I had friends do for me. So I just I love that <laughs> stuff, and I'll I, I can talk a bit about the sequels as we go on, but I, I don't want to say too much about them in case we ever return to the the Home Alone franchise. Well, but uh, I'll let you guys go. You know, what's what are your thoughts on Home Alone? Yeah, top that, Mitch. <laughs> well, I mean, we have sort of like I guess similar roots, right? I mean, like with with loving Home Alone. I mean, it's, it's also in my family, probably like the top three Christmas movies, if not like top two. Um, what would I the like other one be? The, just out of curiosity, I loved like the the first one. Maybe like the original, like Grinch, like right? the cartoon. Okay, I would say that gets watched probably like every year, or it used to be anyway. Um, the original Home Alone though is just like such like a John Hughes like classic. Um, it just it just has like that sort of like classic touch that so many of his movies that he wrote um did during that time and and uh i i I like i i really really like it i like the second one 
I kind of like go off the rails as it progresses, and then we, you know, get to this one. I'm, I don't have any uh, any uh, no like, no uh, life any, like, great sentimentality stories, for us, but yeah, no no like artistic significance uh, associated with Home Alone. But you know, it it, it definitely has a, a fond memory in my in my childhood growing up. But yeah, no, no great uh, nostalgia for for Home or like no, no nothing more than nostalgia, I should say. Um, okay, yeah. What about the Culkin family? <laughs> I honestly, I don't really keep up with celebrities. Keeping up that with much. the Culkins? No, <laughs> no. I mean, I've seen like some memes that he's been in and stuff like that, or I've seen him in like. You're not watching Succession? But... No, I'm not really uh, keeping up with any of their careers. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to top Liam either. Liam uh, continues his streak of having the best stories on this show. I, uh, again, maybe this is sacrilege to some people. And this is not me. I saw somebody unmute really fast. This is not me being about to say that I don't like Home Alone. But um, much like National Christmas, that's not it, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, um, I think I've maybe intentionally watched Home Alone like from start to finish once, twice. Interesting. Uh, so like what's your Christmas movie or what was it like growing up? So what that's what's so funny about you saying that and you both specifying like these are like family sit down Christmas movies. To be fair, my memory fails me frequently. Home Alone may well be in this mix. I don't know what my answer to that question would be. Um, it's usually it's I in my memory, and this may be wrong. I don't know. Maybe a family member Somewhere is listening. They're getting really mad. My memory. <laughs> uh, maybe a family member is listening and getting really mad at me for getting this wrong. But um, in my memory, it's not a lot of like repeat stuff or it's just a marathon of things will always be on or that Yule log is on. Um, but in my uh the things i can think of it's usually not christmas movies all the time but i know like i have siblings and step siblings who will like uh, revisit harry potter and shit i think uh those are good wintertime movies for sure yeah they're certain they're wintry um but for me yeah i don't know so it's 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 always weird like I feel like there's a vast swath of things that I just kind of missed in terms mm. of like having a reverence or nostalgia for them. And Home Alone <laughs> is very much one of those. We can talk about another one once we get to the cast and crew. We Oh, we can? Oh, yeah, we can. Oh, I can't wait. I bet you're about to talk about <laughs> pr- Predators. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what do you mean? The movie? Yeah. <laughs> this one of the two editors of this movie edited predators oh got you okay okay <laughs> yeah so so cory do you like do you have a memory of seeing this movie like like that one time or is it just you're assuming you have i think i have a memory my gosh interesting so yeah i don't know like so so when you said I just want to get all this out on the table. When you said a few days ago when we mentioned, you know, we were we're going to do Home Alone, uh Home Sweet Home Alone. God, did I say something? You did. So Mitch said like, you know, he's only seen the first one and he likes it. I think that's what you said, Mitch. And then Corey, I mean what you said is what stuck with me. You said 
I've seen the first one once, and it's whatever. Okay, so I can so clarify what that means. Is that, that just means. you being like, just like being needlessly extreme, needlessly, uh, <laughs> needlessly, uh, <laughs> needlessly um, contrarian? Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, not intentionally. Um, in my I. I've realistically I've probably seen it more than once just by virtue of it constantly being on. If you put an amalgamation of like all the times I saw parts of it together, it probably adds up to more than once. <laughs> um, but uh, and maybe I'm forgetting some. But I mean, uh, in terms of the whatever comment, I think I stand by that. So having... you you genuinely believe that like you know enough about the movie, have seen enough no. of the movie to like have a comment on what its quality is and that quality is whatever i don't but i'm willing to stand by the fact that i said it then <laughs> so like maybe you are being needlessly contrarian not intentionally but like i no 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 okay, it sounds so like now this is an intentional <laughs> yeah, decision what the to hell, man? Let, let me try to clarify what i mean like there are movies that i saw that maybe i didn't even see that many times but like i do have that nostalgic attachment to them this is not one of those, and I'm willing to extend that to being a comment on what I think about it. Okay. Does that make sense? I'll take that one around the block and see how I like it. Okay, yeah, you could take that for a test drive. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not trying to be like the guy who hates Home Alone. I don't. Um, but I, I certainly don't have the same relationship to it that most other people seem to. I appreciate that. Maybe maybe one year, in fact, maybe this year. It's only December 1st now. Um, maybe maybe it needs a revisit from you, Corey. Because I remember the first yeah. time we talked about a Halloween movie, you had like only kind of seen like Halloween like bits and pieces. You felt like you had seen it from like seeing it on TV. That could be a, a whatever, right? But then you checked it out a year or so Halloween's later. Halloween's good as shit. And you were like, yeah. Halloween's good as shit. So... Maybe you got to get on the Home Alone train, my man. For years, I didn't know John Candy was even in Home Alone. You know what, Corey? That's funny you say <laughs> that, because I was just about to ask you if you remember John Candy in the movie. <laughs> I do know that he's in it. I remember seeing it in one of my snippet experiences with the movie. Um, but yeah, like when I saw him, I was like, oh, look, at it. look who it is. Like an old friend walking through the door. <laughs> Jonathan Candy is here. Yeah, that's um, a great, great scene. The movie is, it, it really is jam-packed full of memorable stuff that sort of gets forgotten uh, with uh, the... Like they forget the kid at home? That's pretty wild. The Mimi ending, you know, with all the... what's Wait, the Mimi ending? Yeah, I just mean like the last 20 minutes is just kind of a meme. Like Kevin McAllister like likes to set booby traps and is like a psychopath. Oh, People yeah, talk yeah. about that, right? But there's all sorts of other stuff. Like the old man Marley subplot. Oh my gosh, come on. Is that at like a church or something? Am I remembering that right? That's the that, guy with the shovel. The conclusion oh, the, okay, of the yeah, subplot yeah, yeah. is at the church, yeah. Okay. See, I've seen parts of this movie at least. <laughs> um are there other like Christmas franchises that like sit on a similar pedestal or is Home Alone like the one? Hmm. I don't really think of Home Alone. I mean, I know that it is a franchise, but for me like the only movies I care about are the first and the second. Right. That's fair. Um but I get like, what are other Christmas movies that are like when you are celebrating Christmas always come up? Like what else? Because I feel like Home Alone feels very singular, but like horror movies, for example, at Halloween, it's like nobody goes, oh, it's Halloween. I only watch Halloween one. 
You know sure. what I mean? Like, and, and so, so you're asking about Christmas franchises, right? Not just a single movie. It could be single movies. Maybe uh, franchises is on the brain because that's what we do here. But like, sure, you know. yeah. Because if if you're just talking single movie, you know, I, laundry list. There could be so many. A Christmas Vacation, Christmas Story, uh, It's a Wonderful Life is on a lot. Which I, I've actually <laughs> the Bishop's never. Wife. <laughs> I've never seen that one all the way through. So that's that's my home alone. I haven't um, either. Or Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Yep, that's a big one. Uh, there's a really cool uh, animated. <laughs> you think I had never seen a movie. <laughs> honestly Corey, from people who listen to this podcast i wonder what they do think about that it's like man this guy <laughs> this guy thinks he's some kind of qualified movie talking person <laughs> what a fraud um there's a really cool animated special that was uh, created by matt graining from um the simpsons it's called all of the red-nosed reindeer like olive like o-l-i-v-e and it's really like popeye's wife yeah it's really clever. I like I like to have that one on. A lot of TV specials for sure. Um, I mean, The Grinch is a is a franchise that you could like pick up different movie from it and watch it. Depending, I need on to the see year, the one I with guess. the Tyler the Creator song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right, we got to do that at some point. Didn't see that one. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. That's a, definitely a Christmas franchise. I guess honestly, this is actually not a joke. My favorite Christmas franchise is probably Black Christmas. Yep. Yeah, I'm realizing point. that's probably my answer. Yeah, I, I'm digging into those this year for sure because I've got to show Brianna yeah. the uh, 2019 one. She is yet to see it. Um, oh, I just had one in my head. Oh, uh, Krampus. Uh, that came out in 2015. Right. That's that's a modern classic. Is that old now? It wow. is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Scream Factory is releasing this December a uh, an r-rated cut of it like it's the original cut before the mpaa made them cut stuff out because it's actually a pg-13 horror movie um oh nice gremlins that's I, a I christmas see that. movie yeah, yeah yeah you can come over oh, and watch I, it i'll have it i will watch it yeah absolutely i'll do that um i haven't seen gremlins uh there's a a modern animated Christmas movie called Arthur Christmas. That is really, really uh, incredible. Oh, and Elf, of course. We talked about that last year. Oh, Elf, you know what? Elf you know what? is like the other top three for me. Elf is the... Uh, my family's Christmas movie is Elf. There you You've go. you answered it. There it is. That's what it is. Yeah, that's Because I've definitely seen that movie several times. Amazing movie. Uh, and if I can remember that, that means I've probably actually seen it 20 times. So. <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to our uh, Bazinga Boy <laughs> Elf episode and see if your story holds up. Or if at the beginning <laughs> oh you're like, God. eh, I've seen what it a... like half times and it's whatever. But you know. What a terrifying thought being fact checked <laughs> about my own memories and life. <laughs> fucking minority report ass like what about you mitch you got any uh other christmas like episodes or movies that that come to mind when you think of december or if they're just december based they don't have to be christmas based you know like the um, thing is a great december movie yeah I, I definitely watch um i definitely watch uh usually like the the cartoon grinch i already dropped that one um I mean, but beyond that, there isn't there isn't really too much that I do. I mean, I'll catch Die Hard if it's on TV. I mean, I don't want to open that can of worms, whether it is or if it isn't a Christmas movie. We got five episodes um, to have that conversation. But uh, <laughs> beyond that, I'm not like I'm not a huge Christmas movie guy. 
Yeah, I, I think I'd like to defend myself slightly yeah. by getting on Mitch's bandwagon here and saying I'm just not especially festive. Yeah, I watch like the Hudsucker Proxy every once in a while, like every couple of years, but that's like more of a New Year's movie. Same with like The Apartment, which is set around like New Year's and Christmas, like set during the holidays. And I watch that, but I'm not super Christmassy with my movies. Are I find you guys it kind of exhausting every year? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, are are you guys ever seasonal with your movie watches? Where you're like, oh, it's like it's getting colder, the days are getting shorter. November, oh, yeah. December, maybe January. What kind of stuff would you put on then? Because for me, de- definitely more Halloween, like horror, right? Yeah, horror movies and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm well, starting to watch horror movies all year round, so it's like it used to be that, but now I'm just I'm now I'm just that guy. It's true, eh? And then oct- October, um, I've found is is then when you can put on like October based Halloween movies, you know, that have yeah. the holiday in them. That sort of thing helps. Yeah. Um, I'm either like horror or like romance in the fall. I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Uh, some other winter movies yeah. I like. Um, yeah, well, Dead End is one of my favorite movies ever um and it actually takes place on christmas eve but uh full disclosure it doesn't feel christmasy at all like they mention it in the dialogue but there's no snow in the movie there's a couple of christmas presents in these people's car but uh other than that but it, it uh, that is an amazing technically christmas uh movie um i also love let the right one in uh that movie feels like winter to me and that's one of my all-time favorite mm-hmm. movies um and then there was another winter guy on my mind but it has slipped that's okay maybe i'll bring it up later i watch like don't look now in the fall and i also watch images both i've never like, heard of images images is by robert altman it's like a oh, horror okay. movie uh from the 70s robert altman was out there doing horror movies yeah wow it's, it's pretty sick i don't know shit about anything huh damn well it's kind of like a psychological thriller horror um, it was actually, I think, in like the Criterion list of seventies horror. I think I don't know. Oh, nice! But it's it's got Susanna York in it, and she's like excellent in it. And nice. the cinematography is by Vilma Zygmunt, so you can't go wrong. It popped into my head. The other one um, that I'm thinking of that is a Christmas movie. It takes place around Christmas. There's Christmas lights in it. There's a lot of snow. It's called ATM. I think it's from 2012, and it has a Rory Culkin like figure in my life in it. Josh Peck. Who is also you, in I, I had Mean a Creek? It was going to be Josh Peck. with Rory Culkin. So that's Mean Creek is really the center of my life. When I first saw that movie in like 2005, it's like I'm latched. These people are my best friends. Uh, right. Because yeah. another one of the dudes in Mean Creek is uh, in uh, the movie Euro Trip, which is also one of my favorite movies. And so everything just comes back to Mean Creek. But Josh Peck is in this movie called ATM. It's a single location movie about uh, these uh, three people. Uh, two guys and a woman and they're driving home from uh, their office after a Christmas party. They decide to stop in at a uh, like a glass enclosed ATM. You know, like it's not like a full bank, but it's like indoors, this ATM machine surrounded like by glass booth, walls. Basically. Yeah. In like a parking lot. And it's like the size of a single room. They go in there to uh, get some money out of this ATM. And then they turn around and there's this figure in a parka. And he's standing outside, and he don't want him to to get out of that ATM uh, room alive. And then the whole movie just takes place in this uh, ATM like parking lot thing. It was written by the same dude that did the Ryan Reynolds movie uh, Buried, which is also one of my favorite oh, okay. confined spaces movies. And so it it has some of that little 
feel to it where they're they find different ways to utilize this location and i like that one it feels a lot like winter like the whole thing takes place at night there's snow falling the 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 killer's got a parka on uh that that's a fun one nice all right have we is it time for us to go figure out what what we what we do with home sweet home alone here it's time time? it is time and if if i can make a formal request here Corey, before please um uh, after you do the cast and crew stuff, when you're going to swing, I feel like I've done a lot of talking so far. So I would, I would happily listen to what either of you think about home sweet home alone before I jump in. Okay. Consider it done. Uh, cast and crew. Well, if you don't know, home sweet home alone came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's, it's not a sequel. It's more of a reboot, but his brother eats burritos. Yeah, but it's not a sequel. Okay. And Corey, like, I got to tell you. I would call it a soft reboot because they definitely, it, with this Archie Yates kid, they would be open to making more of them, I think. Corey. That's bad news. Have you, have, so you been hearing, <laughs> have you been hearing about what Courtney Cox is saying about the new Scream movie? No. I've She's, been trying to go like uh, ears closed, eyes shut. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Um, and I've just I've seen some of this stuff pop up, and she's giving interviews saying that like she said she wouldn't do this new Scream movie if it was a sequel. She said, um, but then she like read the script and she was like, oh, this is a different thing. This is fantastic. And so she's she's given a couple interviews now saying that this isn't like a sequel, and it's not like a reboot, and well, it's not it- <laughs> a remake. And it's just it's really really bothering me like it seem it's obviously a sequel because it has david arquette courtney cox and nev campbell well, do you in know it. what they do you know what it could be doing hmm. it could be pulling a halloween where it's a sequel to scream one oh, gosh i hope not i really um, hope not yeah because like i then you get into the situation of is it welcome to screamcast um is it because i would say like star wars it got rebooted right where but it was i saw people using the term soft reboot where it was like it still had all the other stuff in it all the old stuff it was still there but it wasn't just directly from that it was trying to establish something new for some reason that has been made distinct from a sequel i don't know why um yeah it drives me nuts so it's potentially either they've played their cards very close to their chest with the script and it somehow doesn't have anything to do with the previous four movies, or it would only have something to do with a selective number of them, which would make it like not a sequel by proxy. For what it's worth, I think this is that, because at the very least, Home Sweet Home Alone is ignoring three through five, which don't have a Culkin in them. <laughs> Just like most people, really. Just like most people. Oh, I've seen Home Alone 3, actually. Okay. After all that conversation we just had, <laughs> I, I I do know that I have seen them. <laughs> what do you think of it? Uh, I don't. I just know there's a. I remember a parrot. There's a parrot in the movie. Um, <laughs> parrot out of ten. Um, um to uh, I just I got to go back to scream for one second. I'm yeah, so yeah, yeah, I'm please, so sorry, please. Mitch. Um, no, no, no. Mitch, learn to care. <laughs> my. 
I don't think it'll be either one of the things you said. I think that those are all great, great points. Um, I don't think it'll be that. I think it'll be a sequel to all four of the movies. And I, I yeah. just think that they're really afraid to say that it's a sequel because the studios and like Vince McMahon also not numbering WrestleManias. They have it in their head that like if they number they these stop things. They numbering WrestleManias? Yeah, yeah. And the they fuck because they think that if you number them, it'll make people think that it's like old and they won't you won't get new people well, seeing it and people and be interested. So I think she just has to say it's not a sequel. So so she could be yeah. like, this is like a new a new take. It's fresh. That's why they didn't call it Scream 5. Yeah. That's why they called it Scream, which really bothers me. But um, I don't the same think they did with Halloween in 2018. They're just like, well, we can't make yeah. it Halloween 14 or whatever. Yeah, that's a huge bummer, too. But I don't think it's doing the Halloween thing just because if they were, I think they would be marketing that hard. Like they would ha- have Halloween to, yeah. marketed it hard, right? It was like, this is a sequel to the original. This is the big time. We're taking it seriously. Yeah. What, what Evil she does could... tonight. Exactly. Evil does tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what she could mean is that. Because in all the previous four movies, I would say that the focus has still largely been on that core set of characters. What she could mean is that the movie is less interested in your uh, Sidney Gale Dewey situation and is more interested in um, this younger crop of actors. That would make it distinct because I would say even Scream 4 is ultimately more interested in those characters than the new ones the yeah. new ones are just kind of there to that's like all, set that up that's also a fair point but i remember the marketing from scream 4 and it was a similar thing they were saying like the the new oh, yeah. kids are where it's at you know i personally think that this is just a sequel to scream and they're trying to make it sound exciting i also think that uh because it is kind of a meme that horror franchises get a lot of sequels and they tend to get worse as time goes on whether that's true or not that's like the popular thought probably especially to people who aren't into horror movies but like people know what scream is so people are gonna go see it so you have to make it sound like it is somehow more important than being the fifth scream movie when in reality all i need is the fifth scream movie right i'm dying for that exactly i I think it's probably marketing language in a bit of a self-importance like let's prop ourselves up a bit Mm -hmm. um and and like yeah, my guess is also that there's going to be stuff in the movie like making fun of all these thoughts we're having about like well they have remakes, to they have reboots to. and I mean Scream Four did it too. Scream so Four did it. This movie like, did it. Home Alone did exactly. it. Exactly. The tag the tagline on Home Sweet Home Alone says holiday classics were meant to be broken. I don't even know what that means. Oh my god! The holiday broke classics this one. were meant to be broken. What does that mean? I don't oh know. My but gosh. this uh, movie wants you to know that it's a Home Alone movie. Um, I think it's the same thing. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get back I, to talking about Home Alone. But I, 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 I don't have any qualms with the Scream, Scream 5, which is called Scream. I really don't. It's just like all this reboot, remake, soft reboot, relaunch, like just film language. It's the same thing. It's just as- irksome. It's all the same as elevated horror, which isn't real. Right, right. But right, people right. love saying if people who don't like horror movies like a horror movie, they go, oh, it's actually it's elevated horror. It's like, fuck off, Ted. Like, shut up. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, you just like the horror movie and that's OK. You're allowed. Like Jordan Peele makes horror movies. You're not better than everybody because you thought Get Out was good. Fuck yeah, off. Yeah. Like, shut up. Well, um, I mean, to quote Hunter from Home Alone, uh, this is garbage. I don't know why they're always trying to remake the classics. Never as good as the originals. That's Who's a great Hunter? that's a great quote. Hunter is the guy who's played by what the heck is his name? Uh Timothy oh, Simons. 
That's his name. Simmons. They say his name. Simons. 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 Noted. Okay, I guess we should talk about. We should stop talking about Scream. Yes, I love I, how much. We hey man, about. I'm not trying to like shift gears on you. I mean, keep, keep talking about. Yeah, it. No, like, I'll I, keep talking. Or Mitch is like, I'll keep talking about. I, I just think it does relate because like even this Home Alone movie, like Mitch is saying, it, it does have like some of that like reboot remake commentary. Like it knows that it's coming into a a, fr- a classic movie at the beginning of a franchise. And it's 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 now an installment in a franchise that has been done so many times and it's aware also, of that. And so there's no way Ghostbusters Afterlife isn't also doing this right. Like every fucking movie that comes out now that is related to a previous movie has to be like get a load of this and then just like reference that movie for 10 uninterrupted minutes like i don't get it like where did this it's a simultaneous like reverence because like with this movie it's also like beat for beat the same movie so there's an affection for it there but it also is like embarrassed to be that so it feels like it needs to be really self-reflexive how did we get here i think it's just like is it just like marketing? Like, what is it? Like, it's I don't, just like I don't there's know. <laughs> there's so there's been so much media at this point. Like, we have now decades and decades of like d- types of media not being novel, and then we also have so much commentary on media where like everyone's making YouTube videos about movies and and critiquing them and comparing them to what came before and stuff. So we can't just take a movie like at face value anymore. So the movie's got to be one step ahead of us because like. So many people are a, are a step ahead of the movie. And so I want it on record that I believe in the people who are making Scream. And I'm so excited. For I do it. too. I'm stoked as fuck. Um, trust me, folks. If we are uh, disappointed in Scream, you'll know. Because it will be either a 35-second podcast or a five-hour podcast. I'm, I'm down to book the whole day <laughs> off when we record that app. I, I genuinely think we, sh- we should strap in for like... That episode's gonna be long, dude. Yeah, yeah. there's M- no way. Mitch, it's if not you want to hang Mitch- out and and watch all the movies in a row with me, I'll buy pizza. I'm super down. Oh my god, please! Um, can I also do that? Absolutely. I don't know why you. Only no, you ask can't. You can't come. <laughs> I'll watch them at home on my DVDs. <laughs> Pan and scan version. <laughs> uh, but Corey, Corey, do we believe in the people? This is your Christmas gift, a segue for you. Do we believe in the people you. who are making Home Sweet Home Alone? Who are those people, Corey? On paper, I can see why somebody would. Hmm. Um, why is that? On, uh, because it's like a comedy who's who in here, and just people that have worked on interesting stuff. The director, which this shocked me to my bones, uh, Dan <laughs> Mazer, uh, he uh wrote both Borat movies, Bruno huh. for Ali G, uh, the Ali G show, and um Bridget Jones's baby in the movie Office Christmas Party, and he also directed yeah. Dirty Grandpa and Ali G's Christmas yeah. message to the nation. And so I mean, it's like the Borat guy directed this fucking movie. That is pretty staggering. And I mean, even the kid guy who plays Archie or Archie Yates, the guy who plays like the, the kid in this movie, um, like he's, he's like no sludge either. I mean, he was in Jojo, yeah, Jojo rabbit. I didn't see that. Yeah, so. he was. And uh, I guess he had, I didn't know he was in it, but I didn't a critics it. choice award nomination as well. Um, was he good in it, Mitch? Have you seen it? Uh, I've seen like parts where he's in it. I haven't seen the whole movie, but I've the, the tweets clip. about that movie were so toxic. I decided I would never watch it. Yeah, uh, I did. I, I was, I was so exhausted by the discourse that I was like, I will never watch this movie. It sounds exhausting. 
uh taika waititi if you're listening come on the show and i'm sorry that i just said that about your movie um uh i'll watch it if you come on the show um the story by credit goes to the two writers who are mikey day and streeter seidel and also john hughes because he made home alone um but mikey day and streeter seidel are both saturday night live alum Mm-hmm. uh and then uh mikey day also wrote for uh robot chicken they're the two of them are working on an inspector gadget reboot for 2022 mikey day worked on david blaine street magic what and, uh, <laughs> and, uh streeter seidel uh was a writer at college humor wow that is yeah this That's is an eclectic mix already with that combined with the director this is a wild and, cv if i hadn't cast, already seen like, this movie till i get to the cast <laughs> i would be so so interested to watch on this paper movie. yeah uh two editors uh for this movie you've got david rennie who edited idiocracy tenacious d in the pick of destiny home alone three which is hilarious um th- three ninjas and three ninjas kickback and national treasure book of secrets weird that they didn't put that on the poster from the, editor, from the editor from one of, of the editors of home alone three <laughs> the return uh we got the parrot back because parrots live a long time <laughs> 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 um and then dan zimmerman who edited uh the sec uh the kurt russell santa claus movies the christmas chronicles one and two he also edited Aliens vs. Predator Requiem, The Omen 2, Predators, The Maze Runner, and The Dark Tower. Wow, okay. Um, the cinematography is by Mitchell Amundsen. Interesting, I like them already. Just wrapped on a Cheaper by the Dozen remake that's coming out next year. Wow. Uh, I know. Um, did A Bad Mom's Christmas, so another Christmas movie. The first Transformers, Now You See Me, and G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. And to top it all off, we've got music by John Debney, a name we've heard several times because he did Zathura and New Year's Eve. Man. Uh, and as 220 other credits, I've tried to pull some new ones. So he also did an Inspector Gadget movie from 1999, and he did music for Madden NFL 19. It's so wild that, <laughs> that we could we could be cursed to only cover programs that have been mentioned on the podcast from this point out, and we would still like never run out we of would material, be fine. and we, we would, would be, be well fine. off. From this list, we would have months of material, and I, <laughs> I just know. and I just said like six people's names. I like, know Borat too. <laughs> let's go. And there's a they did a Borat COVID special called Borat's American Lockdown. Apparently, oh, I didn't know so. that. And uh, now I get now the cast. Mitch set us up already. Teed us up. Archie yeah, Gates <laughs> is our boy. Uh, Max, he was in Jojo Rabbit. Uh, Rob Delaney. Speaking of sequels, he was in Deadpool too. Um, he plays Jeff. Uh, he's also in a show called Catastrophe, and he has good tweets. People should read his tweets. He's funny. Um, Ellie Kemper, or yeah, Ellie Kemper uh, is Pam, who is Rob Delaney's wife in the movie. She's in all kinds of shit she's in bridesmaids and unbreakable kimmy schmidt the 21 jump street reboot so there we go uh the office which is a reboot so there you go um aisling b is max's mom carol i should stop uh, you for a second Corey. uh-huh uh, is her name wrong no 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 okay. the ellie the ellie kemper thing uh uh-huh. That thing, that that woman that you were talking about, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's what I was referring to when I said uh, how you don't have the same uh, nostalgia reverence for some <laughs> things as other people because 
she had she was in a video uh by the youtube channel Derek comedy uh that i think was just called like blowjob girl or something and uh that was a childhood classic for me and so uh, it was just it was wild to see her in this movie it, it wasn't like, the first time back. like i knew that i know that she's done like unbreakable kimmy schmidt and stuff but uh i still just like couldn't couldn't get it out of my head so classic a christmas classic yeah, I had not heard of that video, Liam. That was very much a, something you had to introduce. Um, and unsurprisingly, in a way, uh, it turns out that she herself is not a fan of the video. So I'm not hugely surprised if you have gone on to have like a an illustrious career and then other people are just like, oh, but do you remember this hilarious video that you did for YouTube like in 2005? In the words of... Uh karen from mean girls ellie kemper i'm sorry for laughing at you when you did the blowjob girl video and i'm sorry for bringing it up now <laughs> um yeah as mitch said um mitch how do you think i should pronounce this name i think it's ashlyn because it's in b let's yeah, go with that gaelic name i don't know it's i didn't get it right but that's uh she's the mom uh of the boy of the titular home alone boy um I tried to pick the funniest credit I could find for her because I think I've seen her just on a bunch of like British panel talk shows. Um, but she did do a voice in Assassin's Creed 3. Huh. Yeah, interesting, right? Yeah. <laughs> weird, 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 weird deep cut. cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then we've got... Uh, I didn't write anything down for Andy Daly. Um, sorry, Andy Daly. Next up, though, Keenan Thompson. Uh, potentially... Uh, the only time I will say needs no introduction and then I won't give him one. Well, I would hey, say, hey. If, if I were introducing his character, I would just say, like, picture, like, the worst real estate, like, the worst real estate agent ever and then, like, triple it in, in badness. Like, yeah, probably the worst real estate agent you could possibly have. We've already talked about Tim Simons, who is uh, Rob Delaney's rich brother. <laughs> he was uh, on, he was on Veep. Insufferable. And he was uh, in Goosebumps. The movie Goosebumps. Love that movie. Uh, Allie Mackey is uh, his wife, May. She was in Toy Story 4, so we've heard her before. Uh, she was the, I believe, the dinosaur, <laughs> I think. Such a memorable part. Loved it. I actually need to double check. I feel like I'm wrong for some reason. I'm, I normally have all of these things written down, and the second I said that, I panicked like I got it wrong. <laughs> um, God forbid you're wrong about the dinosaur voice. Don't be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> this is important. Uh, Giggle McDimples. That's the dinosaur, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, not the dinosaur, like, from the other three. The other dinosaur. <laughs> you know the one. Uh, well, maybe you don't. I might not have. Anyway, I'm just going to keep going. Um... Pete Holmes is here. I love Pete Holmes. He's very funny. He's playing a clueless uncle. Um, Chris Parnell is here. He's also playing a clueless uncle. Um, Devin uh, Ratray or Ratray. He's Buzz. You may know him from Home Alone when he played Buzz. And Home Sweet Home Alone when he played Buzz. Is, also, he, top, is he top build here? <laughs> no. Actually, on IMDb, Ellie Kemper is top build. On Google, he, his name comes up first. Let's go. They have to fight it out for top billing. The Buzz Club. <laughs> Which is he, most baffling He's also in Home Alone 2, legend of the franchise. Um, and then we've got a, a handful of uh, extra family members. 
We've got Katie Beth Hall, Justine Archambeau, Max Ivutin, Amadeo Correa, Maddie Holiday, Aiden and Alan Wang, and then uh, Mikey Day, one of the uh, writers, is the priest, and then Jim Rash from Community is the bell choir leader, uh, and that's everybody. Uh, well, it's not everybody, but it's everybody that I have here on my list that I write out to talk about the movie. Um, so this movie is like a, it's, <laughs> you ever see Home Alone? Have you? <laughs> I'm not sure. But for, any, <laughs> for, but for anybody who has, it's a little bit like that. Um, so a hmm. kid is, uh, there's a kid, there's a boy, <laughs> right? <laughs> a thieving, snobby, spoiled well, British boy. There's a there's a British boy and his British mom in this American city of Chicago. And he's I a think. brat. Hold on, Mitch. We'll get there. <laughs> I'm just gonna set up the story. We, d- you'll get your chance. Um, and he has to. He drank too much. He drank too much, and he really has to. He a, <laughs> Ten he's an alcoholic. This boy. <laughs> this boy is absolutely trash. That's how they do it in Britain. <laughs> and he start them young. Yeah, they start drinking scotch at like age five. They they rub it on teething babies. There's fucking psychos. Um, that might not be entirely accurate. Check right, your local on British the fish person. and chips. Go. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, they are like, my boy is going to pee. We need a house stat and they go to an open house that is rob delaney and ellie kemper's house and they're selling their house for an actually very sad reason which is that he has lost his job and she is on a teacher's salary and that is not enough to afford the maintenance of their family and a home in the suburbs because life is hell so they're selling their house um and then this boy comes in he pisses everywhere and he's like hey your dolls are stupid (laughs) And, Why uh, would I want a dolly? And uh, Rob Delaney has this box of his grandma's dolls that all look like Annabelle, and they're from Antiques Roadshow. And uh, it turns out that those dolls are worth like an extreme amount of money, enough money where they could potentially keep their home in this capitalist hellscape in which we live, where families on single incomes in times of great strife cannot even keep a house over their children's heads. Uh, but they turns out they think that this thieving piece of shit kid stole the doll uh, out of spite for Rob Delaney. So Rob Delaney is like, hello, Ellie Kemper, my wife. I think I'm going to steal the doll from that child's home. Uh, and at first she's like, bad idea. And then they decide it's a good idea um, because they need money for their home. Meanwhile, an obscenely rich family has decided that it is perfectly feasible to take like 18 people on a Christmas vacation to Tokyo, Japan. Which in many ways is like beat for beat, like the first one with like it the sequences. Is, but, uh, just, okay. First of all, that's really expensive. Way to rub it in this other family's face that you're fucking loaded. This family can't even keep their house in this other family with the shitty boy is uh they have vr and amazon alexis and they're flying to tokyo for christmas with 800 people to a place that speaks german to a place that doesn't even really do christmas i mean they have kfc for christmas there i know yeah yeah (laughs) everybody knows that and so his whole terrible bumbling obscenely wealthy family falls over their asses to tokyo japan and this british boy hates his family so much god he just loathes them and he's like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go sit in the garage inside a BMW that is not on. And, and, some, and, and somehow 
turn on a tablet screen and watch Looney Tunes and fall asleep. And then because apparently this family has so many cars that they are not using the cars that are in their garage. They are using different cars. I think, you think that's, they think it's Uber. Or uh, they, they don't know. They're clueless. Know. And uh, so uh, they forget about that boy because there were so many family members. Meanwhile, the the family at the risk of losing their home uh, is uh, surprised by a, a rich family member uh, sudden arriving, suddenly arriving. Uh, and they're trying to discreetly sneak into that boy's house to steal that doll back and hijinks ensue. And then a really weird uh, ham-fisted happy ending occurs, which we will get to later. But um, So, Corey, I already think I know how you feel about it just based off that description. Well, I mean, no matter how I felt about it, there's no way to explain this movie that doesn't sound completely fucking psychotic. Yeah. Um, Every detail that they've altered from the original uh makes so i don't recall the original home alone family feeling like completely loathsome no. i hate this family they're this like family absent-minded is, maybe and like yeah, a, a little bit dysfunctional frazzled dysfunctional in a charming way yeah. this family is just oblivious rich people who don't care about anything and like the original McAllister family was doing pretty well for themselves but they like they weren't they weren't like pompous like rich asses and i feel like so much of like the wealth in this movie probably comes from like advertisers or the or stuff like that. the product placement is just the antagonists of this movie are a family trying to keep their home yeah because poor people. somebody lost their job yeah the antagonists they were scraping are, by are like on data migration and a teaching salary and we're supposed to think that they're besetting upon this poor british child this poor like a, aristocrat like this, this little this fucking little lord faultonroy over yeah. here with all of his cakes and creams and fucking toys oh, and bullshit oh my sweets oh my, my god i hate less fortunate children um like and the, look the movie tries to be wink wink nudge nudge about like the wealth valuation it talks here, a lot about wealth and none, none of what has it to is, say is very good it, funny like the bottom line is like oh is this gonna make me laugh no i feel so bad for these people yeah and they're they're being like hurt in ways that i don't remember home alone traps hurting people aka i filled a nerf guns nerf darts with thumbtacks and shot them into your fucking face and then lit you on fire or like or like we'll almost drown you in a swimming pool or something like like people die people die from that like every year pelted like, you with two liters of coke and mentos like missiles or shot my... you in the forehead with a billiard ball from a subway this child yeah. is trying to kill these desperate people or like or like the bit with like the icicles falling I mean, people die from that every year, like statistically, it, even the in, icicles in thing was city, fucking yeah. horrifying. Yeah. And, yeah. and so what's frustrating about all of this. Yeah. First of all, spoilers. This, I fucking hated watching this. I hated every second of it. Um, and the biggest the biggest thing is. There is no. Sort of like. Cartoonish, like flourish to this. Well, to me like it all feels very like this kid just sucks and he's hurting people people who are vulnerable people who are absolutely desperate yeah like this uh, christmas is a hard time for a lot of people like out of necessity because they don't want to sell their house and to move into some like cramped apartment with their two kids yeah and then meanwhile and this fucking prick (laughs) this child 
Yeah. I mean, technically he, well, should we give away the ending? Should we having a laugh? Here's the thing though. He's still a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. He's still a piece of shit. Like his, just um, defending his property. Like the that, entire montage of him, like enjoying being home alone is the most soulless garbage. I don't buy that shit for a second. I don't like this. I, it, it, I don't like this boy. And like the way that he sets it up is obviously like nothing what a kid would ever set up by themselves. It's like it's so out of touch. It's like, oh, yes, if you're home alone, like you would do this exaggerated racetrack that took like 13 technicians to build. <laughs> like it's so stupid and just like out of touch. And like out of touch is great because I think especially now when like not only is it a time of year where like a money crunch is very real, but like, hey, the economy's bad for one, inflation rampant, and if you're our age, you may never feel like you'll ever own a home in your fucking life, and if you do, the planet's just gonna die before you get there. So I have little sympathy for watching this kid fucking trot around this palatial fucking suburban estate, just goofing on everybody. And, like, I feel like I'm somebody who has been privileged enough to experience an array of, like, financial states, some better than others. Um, But, like, this feels like another fucking reality. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this? This kid is, like, he has... I guess everything for Christmas except his family or or like and it's everything for Christmas including his family yeah. and he hates them. And like this sort of like a plot arc or whatever about like the the guy who seemingly has everything but is missing like that one thing is like central to so many Christmas stories. I mean think of Charles Dickens and like stuff like that. Ebenezer Scrooge at the end of his life realizing all the things that he's done wrong. Or, yeah, all he needed to do was to steal a Nerf gun that was being donated to a church's toy drive. Yeah, well like all he needed to do was like, I don't know, be a bit more considerate and think of other people and the less fortunate, right? Yeah. But, I mean they're doing like they're doing that kind of thing, albeit in a different way, but it just doesn't fucking work with this, this kid. This doesn't encourage laughter. Like the thing is like yeah, I can funny. look at home alone and like the the way the and honestly, I'm not super faulting the actors here. Um it's most of the writing, I would say. The cast is actually great. Um It's just so cringy. In a better written movie, this would be just I would be having the time of my life. I will I will say that. I believe it wholeheartedly. But this is exhausting. Yeah. And these actors are trying, but just there is this baseline where it's trying to be self-aware by recognizing that it's home sweet home alone, right? But the way it reframes the story, and especially the way that it frames the wealth disparity in the story that is the driving force, and that the fucking uh resolution, which we'll just, you know, spoilers for home sweet home alone, go fuck yourself, um, is the kid didn't steal the doll and then they're able to sell the doll for like bajillions of dollars or whatever. Well, they and don't then, even, they don't even verify that. He's just like, we have the doll. The we don't have to move. They're no longer blaming him. Like, and then they're I'm like, not going to get it appraised or anything. I'm not going to take it to an antique dealer. Like they should go to antiques roadshow. I want the scene where they go to antiques roadshow. Yeah. So badly. And I want it shot in standard definition. Um, but so they do that. And then the rich, the oblivious rich uncle of Rob Delaney, or the brother is like, oh god, I'm so glad this family isn't poor anymore. Now we can be around them because it's it was awkward that they were poor. And then uh, a year later, they all celebrate Christmas together again. And uh, the boy Max brings his mom home, who uh, sees their house completely in shambles, and apparently in one year's time has not only not noticed the hit to their financials at all. 
but has like completely redesigned the home and then everyone's happy and now everyone what gets to be upper middle class again yeah the values of this film are atrocious i loathe this and look if any of this was done in a wink wink nudge nudge manner they did not fucking sell it yeah i don't know why they they were trying to do that i don't give a shit yeah fundamentally it's broken when you start like making like desperate people like the bad guys but also i think like i'm not another issue i think i have with that is not only that their motivations are poor but also like I feel like the performances of the two burglars in the, in the first time alone. I think they're like maybe slightly better bad guys. Well, they were if, also if only... malicious doofuses. Yeah, and also like you have like the prowess of like of Joe Pesci, great character actor. Like yeah, malicious doofus, and it's a much more ad- adult performance. All the performances in in the original movie are much more grounded, and this one that's just goofy and and out for lunch it's doesn't work for me yeah and i just i'm not invested in uh archie yates the way you can get invested in macaulay culkin no archie yates is a, is a little aristocratic shit yeah jokes aside i don't want to i'm not trying to like yell at a kid but like, i mean the kid is good the kid's fine it's not the it's kid not is doing fault. a good job yeah like but everything around him is making him look like an asshole yeah i don't mean to say that archie yates is an aristocratic shit i mean to say that like max like, mercer is an max, aristocratic maximilian shit mercer yeah they um, call him. Yeah. anyway liam liam yeah, is yeah. still here <laughs> Yeah, like, thank you, thank you guys for going first. Um, yeah, sorry about that. All that. No, 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 I asked you to. It was awesome. Yeah, but we um, got a little carried away. Well, it's great. I, f- I think I have a good picture of how both you guys feel, and so now I'll gladly take my turn. Um, I fucking loved this movie. Really? What? Really? No, Liam, what? No, not. <laughs> Liam, could you hear the incitement in my voice that I thought you were being serious? For I was about to. Yeah. No, dude. I was so uh, excited about the possibility of you loving this movie. You guys absolutely hate this movie, and I might even hate it more than you. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. I no, yeah, hate no, it no, too. Go into it. Go into why. why. No, I think why do you hate we're probably movie? just all right at the at the very bottom, and now throughout the podcast, we'll just start digging. This movie is. I think this movie's grave. <laughs> terrible oh my gosh i was so like right from the very beginning um it just feels like such a a, a churned out like by the numbers like not even not even a disney movie like it's like a lifetime like hallmark movie where like you get five seconds of exterior shots and then you're thrown into these all these actors just like vamping looking out of place because they're people that you recognize right um but but you've never like i've never seen any of them in a movie that like feels this cheap and so i just felt uncomfortable right from the very beginning and a lot of what you guys talked about um uh, are problems that are like revealed as the movie ramps up into like the booby trap home aloneness. Um, and I agree with all of those issues. Um, but I was way out of this movie even before that because oh, I think, agreed. Yeah. I think yeah, 100%. And I could tell you guys were too. And I think <laughs> a lot of the, uh, the complaints that you guys were had at the beginning of your uh, of your talk there about like how like the the traps are particularly vicious you know like thumbtacks that one's really bad um but also like uh the the mentos and coke bottles and um billiard dropping balls like a, and a, stuff dropping a, like a, a thing full of like weights on somebody's head yeah and it's also just stuff just where weaponizing like, actual icicles as like big spikes right yeah yeah, like, yeah, we're, yeah. We're in Canada, that's that's no joke like that's that's a real thing that like you know it kills people every year and and i'm with you there but i think 
I think a lot of those complaints can be directed at the original Home Alone movie. Like, and, and that's w- what a lot of people talk about when they say like Kevin is like a psychopath and they want to see him nowadays because it is, it is pretty brutal, the stuff he does to these guys. But the big difference for me is um, the story in each movie is uh, something that gets you invested in it in a way where in the original it's it's less evident that oh man if i really think about this for a second he is really messing these people up because they are slimy criminals it's justified who, i think in, in a way absolutely because yeah. they, they, the, they have a great performance where like, they're the they're attempting to take advantage of a vulnerable child whereas these people are trying to desperately save the home in which their family lives by getting exactly. their property back exactly and um absolute so, capitalist hellscape <laughs> And it's just such a baffling decision that this movie decided to do that with its quote unquote criminals, like with because every Home Alone movie has criminals that are getting roughed up. And so when that was initially revealed, like when I when I when it clicked for me that, oh, like Ellie Kemper and her husband are going to be the bad guys in this movie. I was like, that's kind of interesting. And oh, it's a comedy of errors where they're trying to get this doll and they don't know the kid is home alone and, and the kid thinks that they're coming for them. On paper, I think that that seems okay. It's like a, a new uh, a new way to twist the format on its head, but then it it just ends up devolving into uh, stuff that it's pulled like directly from the first movie where these villains are, are getting roughed up. But every time here, it, it doesn't feel funny or amusing at all. It just, yeah. it makes me feel so, so bad. And that's, that's just my issue with like all the, the, the booby trap stuff. If mm-hmm. we're, we can set all that aside. And I still think this is a terrible, terrible movie. I think all the jokes fall so flat and what really irks me is the stuff that is supposed to make you think that like this movie is smarter than it is like when they're watching that remake of angels with filthy filthy souls and um that's a classic and and hunter says that like oh man they always gotta remake the classics and it's always way worse like having that in your movie does not excuse you from doing the same thing you're critiquing um and this movie like <laughs> does the same thing that a lot of the other home alone movies did that people would insult them for um just having like tangential connections to the original end up uh, it ends up getting into like a total geek show at the end with the all the traps and stuff and um and then i think your your guys critiques about like classism and uh are just like so spot on the whole movie just has this really icky feeling to it that i don't want in my christmas movies and um it also just totally botches the christmas vibe for me because i love christmas you know i say it every december on this podcast i love christmas i love that feeling and it doesn't need to be reliant on snow and so even though there's no snow here in canada i was really excited to for this to be my first Christmas movie that I've put on and to get me excited for December. And this movie does not have any of the magic at all because like the most Christmassy stuff we get is, uh, 
dude i don't even know i guess when a character sing oh holy night uh which is the best christmas song by the way but even that is like laced with just like these ridiculous icky comedic performances and it just really really bothered me all the way through i i can't think of anything in this movie that i ended up liking um anything that i thought that i might like got eradicated really quickly by the movie not being what i thought it was like even the sequence where the mom is in tokyo is kind of like beat for beat really similar to um like the first one with sort of Catherine Catherine O'Hara I think. Yep. Um and she's she's so great in like the in the original movies and Canadian treasure Catherine yeah. O'Hara. Yeah. And uh god like she's like where's my passport? I'm holding my passport. That's like a joke they repeat I think from the original and also like the bit where she cuts in front of the line and sort of gives like the the person behind the desk attitude and then of course like the commute home with like a weird dude. In this case, it's just some creepy dude who's like sleeping on his shoulders. But in the original, yeah, they, it's John Candy. That but, like, whole sequence is just like, it's what just if we made this rampantly less interesting? But also, the actors only had 25 minutes to be here. Yeah. So we had to do the most cost effective and quick thing possible. Did this whole movie's budget just go to the fucking cast? Because this movie it looks like shit. It, it, looks like, it looks like shit. Like I might have gone to like the cast and then maybe to the traps, but the traps aren't even that. It like, there is, there's like, so. I think part of the problem with this movie and the way that it's its ideas and lack of values that you would traditionally associate with a Christmas movie, even if you don't agree with them, but even the most bland whatever Christmas movie is like, oh, it's about like family and coming together and setting aside your differences. This manages to have none of that and then just tries to stuff it all money. in right at the end. It's about fucking money. And you know where you can tell where the money went? Not into anything that would make this enjoyable for an audience. I'll tell you that for free. Definitely not um, to the writers. <laughs> I found this one. <laughs> this does just feel like a bad SNL sketch. Um, it really does. But um, if you look at it, it looks like it looks like it was. Sh- uh, I don't. I can't think of a way to say this that it doesn't unintentionally disparage something else. But this looks like a YouTube original series. Yeah, and <laughs> like it, it's cast it, like an original SNL skit too. Like yeah, it yeah. looks. This movie looks cheap and like care was not taken in making it like the cinematography is very flat um the the sets are very bland um the editing uh the flourishes that do exist i personally don't like like when he's setting up all those traps and other scenes will just jut on screen and then like become the scene and i think it looked really choppy and weird and because it was the only editing flourish it's really distracting when it's like oh you just saved it for the montage i guess um, but there, it's a very sterile. It looks like a commercial. It looks like this was made by Macy's or Google. I would rather watch the Google ad for Google Home or whatever with Macaulay Culkin than this movie because it feels like it's got something, and I can at least look at it and go, "That's going to be soulless enough," and then be pleasantly surprised when Macaulay Culkin tries. But like, this movie is like completely devoid of the characteristics that amount to an interesting movie. I thought it was also needlessly complicated with the whole plot of uh, this doll and like the family going out of town, leaving, leaving, (laughs) leaving uh, Max alone and like he's sleeping in the car and then, uh, yeah. So are you telling me that like he got into that car at dinner time? 
really and strange. Nobody checked. Also, the fact that he gets that in there child? and opens up the the BMW TV on the back when of the car is off. And then, off. and then, and then he's watching like, oh, like it's did, this whole did, this. It feels so <laughs> opportunistic. Like it's just trying to sell you something to put on your TV in during the month of December because it the knows it knows you're looking for something to put on in December. Like a lot of movies are opportunistic. This is background noise. A lot of movies are made just to make money. But d- I've noticed uh, through doing this podcast actually that Christmas movies like have it bad because they know that you're looking for just any old Christmas movie to put on in December. And so they just slap some stuff together. And this movie has it really, really it's, bad. It stinks of that. Like it's it, just because, a money making scene. Like, I've been, I've talked a bit about like the product placement in this movie, but like it is egregious. Like Toblerone, the, like Toblerone, Nerf, um, the BMW, like, <laughs> I'm not sure if they're using an Oculus also, or not, but is uh is it, is it just me or is Home Alone also just a movie that doesn't work as well in 2021? Like, uh, I think it could work. I think it, it could, could work, but, but like, but not with this framework. Like, not when not if you're villainizing like parents scraping you have to by, go right? Fucking camping and forget the kid in a fucking cabin or something. Like, yeah, like there just are technology, so many. Hey? There are so many, and I know that like it's a very trite complaint to say because horror movies have the same problem where they have to come up with some reason why like a phone doesn't work or something. Yeah. But it's like, do you know how easy it would be to check up on this fucking child? Yeah. Also, like, like as an extension of that, like how it is like technologically in our times, like God, he would just fucking play Fortnite for four hours and fucking fall asleep. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, like the VR trap is so lame too in this. Also, uh not to be pedantic, but fuck this movie. Um, Rob Delaney would not be able to see his physical body in VR. Yeah, and that that really bothered me because Get your jokes right. Try it, even a little bit. Yeah, like I actually thought initially I was like, oh, VR is actually kind of a clever new trap that kids are going to be able to relate to and 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 it gives for good like physical humor. But then when he sees the Santa body down there um in the VR world, it really upset me because like kids watching this movie are going to know that that's not how it works. And so it really just like was an example of how this movie is like not thoughtful at all and doesn't know uh doesn't like care to be able to tie all these things together and it's just it's just like totally totally lazy and uh doesn't have the care of like the original home alone the original home alone actually feels like like a real story it has stakes it has characters um and at the end when kevin is reunited with his family it feels like they've been away from each other for a long time and like you've gone through the highs and lows of th- th- his excitement being left home alone and then his boredom yeah. and then his this movie does the excitement because it, just, it has uh, to yeah like kids are this gonna kid love this right excited. like yeah let's look at all the things you could do when you're home alone as a kid isn't this fun it's candy and Oh my gosh! And where do they get all that? Fuck! And he does the Scarface bit, which is like weird reference, but okay. Um, a lot of weird references in this movie. Remember the OJ joke? Yeah, that like, and you know, plenty of movies have jokes that aren't for like the kids watching it, but it's just like, who? What are we do? What are we doing? Like this movie is the most I have lost faith in just what we're doing here in a long time. Yeah. Like I'm demoralized. <laughs> By some sweet home alone, man. Yeah, it's a horrible, horrible movie. 
I think. And can we talk a little bit about the ending quick? Sorry. I um because so this when you're when you're watching a when you're watching a Christmas movie, there are fundamental like values that come along with like every single one of them. And I, we've touched on them a little bit already, but it's like, even if you don't agree or even if like, you know, because in real life, the holidays are more complicated than even movies present them. Because this movie is really trying to lean into the relatability of like being assailed and frustrated by being around your family or being annoyed. Um, and that's probably relatable to a lot of people. But at the same time, there is always this sort of like fundamental come together kind of moment with the extended family and you recognize something not if not about the meaning of Christmas in a more like saccharine sense than just like about like having people you care about in your life. The ending of this movie is built around the fact that Carol and Max do not have to deal with their extended family anymore. They are set free from the shackles of dealing with their family. That is the reward for not having done anything because he does not appear to have stolen the doll. So your reward for bullying poor people is being free from the shackles of being around people who have the audacity to love you. And that's just fucking insane. Like it can't even meet the baseline threshold of what 95% of Christmas movies are fucking about. Like, yeah, it's, I don't are know. Are you fucking the, kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Like where did this movie come from? Like how this was how, written in like three hours tops. Yeah. Like this, unbelievable. Unbelievable that this like, got through like i don't know i don't think disney has like a particularly high threshold for turning it's really fun to yell about though i'm having a great time over here yeah it is fun it is cathartic to to get this one off your chest because it it was a really rough experience like i watched it last night with abigail and both she and i like had a horrible time with it i don't think any one of us like genuinely laughed like we just groaned throughout the whole movie I winced a few times. Yeah, I winced like, like kind of like as if somebody was like swinging a sharp object at me. Like, no, like, don't. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was bad like in every sense of the word. Also, like, I think like there's nobody who you can like in this movie. There's not one person. Um, I, I think you're I do think to be fair to the movie, I do recognize that you were not supposed to view uh, Rob Delaney and Ali Kemper as villains. Yeah, However, I think they're deeply flawed for right. But what I mean is, like, I'm I want to give the benefit of the doubt because we haven't made this clear that we understand this and right. people, you know, I get that they're not straight up villains here, but yeah. like they, I know that you can't do a version of Home Alone where the kid is the bad guy, but. This movie doesn't seem interested in recognizing how genuinely sympathetic their situation is. Yeah, I think, and it's so weird close to being the bad guy in this one. I mean, it, like it's it's ultimately cracked up to like a, a big misunderstanding. Well, and of course, yeah, there's a version of it where you just go, "Oh, why don't they just you know talk to the kid or whatever?" And it's like, well, they had to make a movie, whatever. But like, right. the, every step of how we got to that point is just so frustrating mm -hmm. and not fun and honestly disheartening. And again, yeah. like the the slick veneer of like wealth that this movie has like you know i don't want to act like i'm yelling it's not even something. slick it's like nauseating well yeah it's uh, i don't want to act like you know we are good or 
smart for recognizing that, but it's like, how could it possibly be that tone deaf? Like, as somebody who's never been in the position, as far as I'm aware, of nearly losing the house that I live in, um, it's weird for that to be the the setup for your zany Christmas comedy. Like, so what I'm trying to picture right is, um, because there's no real escapism here. What I'm trying to picture is a family who's actually going through difficult times, putting this on, who aren't podcasters, who aren't fucking home alone fanatics or who aren't who just want something Christmassy on getting anything out of this experience at all because it's not aspirational and it's not heartwarming and it's not endearing it's just what if a bunch of the worst people you could ever meet did annoying shit for 84 minutes yeah not one person i think you can point and the extended and like, family is just a write-off you barely see them like yeah like there's like there's like the where, where's trophy this mom who's buzz. Got, there's like I do, the I weird, do, the I, weird kid ali mackie is funny though yeah credit where it's due we're teaching him spanish did kind of make me laugh it, it's kind of funny but again like she's there's nothing going for her character like at all other than like being rich and arrogant same thing with her husband like everybody everybody is just shallow yeah i don't know where the likeable. fun is i don't know where the fun is that's the bottom line it needed yeah. fun where was the fun anyway i'm gonna get off my soapbox now uh <laughs> Liam, did you have anything else? Um, do you want to talk about Scream again? <laughs> I do. Yeah, uh, they aped the John Williams score. They did use that same song a few times, and it made me cringe every time because it just is. It's did John a, Williams do the music for Home Alone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Um, it just like it's a it's a really emotionally resonant song that is used at emotional moments in the original, and so to like hear it be used over and over in this song and not be able to convey any of the emotion that genuinely upset me. Like they, a lot of people say you know don't get upset at sequels and and remakes because the original will still be there, and that's absolutely true. But it does it does kind of hurt to have something from that original used and like be made less good because your movie is not as thoughtful <laughs> it's um, home sweet home alone twisting the knife and and i've got to say i i did have uh optimistic hopes for this movie s- simply because there have been a number of home alone sequels now since the the macaulay culkin 2 um some of them pretty recently like there was home alone the holiday heist right well, and that 2012 i think it was even more recent than that man 2012. um you got it Corey. what am i looking up i was gonna make a joke and i needed to fact check some ages because i was gonna say that uh kieran culkin would be macaulay culkin too because he came after yeah, the holiday yeah. heist 2012 <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that I guess that makes that that now makes more sense. So I was going under the impression that Holiday Heist was more recent than that, uh, just because I remember hearing about it and I could have sworn it was like 2015 or something. And so that made me think, okay, they've already rebooted um, Home Alone for like the modern day. And so I thought um, now they must be thinking if we're gonna do this again, we've got to do it right. We've got to have an interesting idea. We've got to care. We've got to care about like the human story uh, that the original Home Alone was able to convey. We've got to care about Christmas. Um, 
and, we, and we've got to care about like why we would use this franchise name again because we've already we've gone to a different family with Home Alone 3 we've gone to ostensibly the same family in Home Alone 4 where they just recast Kevin McAllister um, and I guess in Home Alone 5 it looks like this is a totally different family as well um, for, for you know the 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 2010s so i thought okay if they're doing it again they must have an idea there must be a reason and now that i guess uh knowing that home alone 5 was actually 10 years ago just about the reason is just they haven't used the home alone name in a while they need to keep it on people's minds it's too hot a commodity and so they whipped some people together and and threw it out there. This this is the sort of movie that makes me think less of everyone involved. Um, it makes me glad that I watched it in November so that my December wasn't tainted by this movie and it still feels like Christmas has not started because this movie does not count as my first Christmas watch because it didn't feel that way. I compared the cinematography to Lifetime movies at the beginning, but lifetime hallmark lifetime movies. movies absolutely dude i've seen a bunch of them and they have way more fondness and appreciation and respect for christmas they have to and they're just limited by their budget but they're not limited by their reverence for the holiday and this movie just upsets me in every way the only uh as we've talked about it i've remembered the only thing that i liked um and, and still do like even though the movie had even though the movie finished because there was some stuff that i liked and i ended up not liking it because of what was done i liked the scene where ellie kemper and uh Derek Rattray, who plays Buzz, have that initial confrontation outside the house. And she's like, yeah, this is my house. And he's kind of trying to figure them out. I thought in that moment, uh, I liked watching them act off each other. I thought there were some like there was good comedic timing between both of them. It made me wish that I saw the actor that uh, that plays Buzz in in more movies, because I, I thought that he actually had a charisma that basically no one else in the movie had um he doesn't end up amounting to anything i would have liked if he was like the one who really saved the day um but it's really weird that he doesn't come back yeah it's it's really weird so and then the scene that he has afterwards where he's in the car and his police cruiser eating a burrito and they're trying to convince him to go to the house and he's and he just says that like his brother kevin plays this joke on him every year where he calls and says that someone has been left home alone then that just showed me that oh the only reason he's in here is to like to give fans of home alone canon idea of what kevin is up to because macaulay culkin was wise enough and and uh not cheap enough i don't know what 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 would be the opposite of not cheap in this case because i'm sure they offered him a whole lot of money there were reports a couple years ago that he was coming back for 2.5 million dollars also he stayed uh, away I've spent several minutes looking. I cannot find the budget of this movie. I don't think Disney put it up because it went straight to streaming. Mm. So I think I think they're keeping it close to their chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's some absolutely cowardly horseshit uh, because it's clear that they just burned a bunch of money on a pyre for this. Um, yeah. And I uh, applaud Macaulay Culkin uh, for staying the fuck away. <laughs> and I hope he still does. I hope he continues to. Yeah, me uh, too. You know what, Macaulay? Get your Google money. I don't care about you doing a uh, doing a commercial. Get paid. You deserve it. But don't do this, please. <laughs> Keep doing um, fucking red letter media videos. They're pro- they're probably paying you a little bit, right? <laughs> and uh, 
I and it makes me feel bad that I watched this movie on Disney Plus legally. I gave them the stream. I gave them the number they wanted, and that yeah. honestly yeah, bums so me that. out. You know what, Disney? If you're listening, Walt Disney, the titular, <laughs> the frozen used, man, the frozen man. You know the one. I used someone else's Disney Plus account. I didn't pay for shit. Go fuck yourself. I get, that's true, Corey. That's a small win. I did the same thing, so thank you. Let's go. Um, I mean, yeah, I used somebody else's as well, but it, like, it was legal, <laughs> but it doesn't pay for. We're horrible. Me. Yeah, but it'll still show that we watched the movie, an account watched the movie, and that kind of bums me out. But the, oh, dude, do you remember the quote near the end where I think it was the kid Max? Who? Oh, yeah, I'm not going to talk bad about a kid, but I think that I think it was not good casting. I anyway uh the yeah, kid says he, yeah miscast is a much fairer way of putting it because it's clear that the kid can probably act the kid can act but i think it's yeah. just the, the script writing too i think they're, he's they're not the guy a little like aristocratic let this man free evil. let this boy free yeah, yeah. let him stick to stuff like jojo rabbit don't drag him down to give here give the kid some material don't give him this yeah um he says uh i guess home is just another word for family right and i just wanted to end it all it's... i disagree what do you think Mitch? what do you think home is <laughs> i don't think it's another word for family <laughs> you are disagreeing with him right you're not disagreeing with liam <laughs> yeah no i know no i'm disagreeing with the kid right what yeah. is so what is family i don't think family is home i think family is something family and home are, are not one and the same um you can't live inside of a family <laughs> no like i think of like a home as like a like a I don't oh, know. Like wait, a place. Oh my god. Oh my god. I've just realized something else. How fucked up is it that this movie is saying, oh don't worry, home is where your family is. Family who's about to lose their home. Yeah. That, Kidding me? Like, how did that get past the Holy fucking cynical train wreck? And I know that like the problem had been solved by that point, but like think about what you're writing for like a second, dude. Ah, <laughs> Yeah, oh and, and also, like you said, Corey, they get they get away from their extended yeah. family at the end, right? They don't give a shit about this extended family. <laughs> the reward for this boy's benevolence and not killing Rob Delaney and Ellie Kemper is not having to deal with Pete Holmes ever again. Yeah, and you just get to live yeah. in your like rich home. I would oh rather be God. dropped into a vat of acid than watch this movie again. Wow, that's a bold statement. Uh, so you guys give up or you're thirsty for more? I'm out. And yeah, I've had enough. Yeah, I, I'm I'm done. I uh, it can only go up from bombed. here. Absolutely. Mitch, save us. What are we watching next week? Please? So next week we're watching one of my very favorites. Um, it's a it's a, a neo noir movie set in Toronto and shot in Toronto in the in the 1970s around Christmas time. Oh, it's set in Toronto too. Yeah, uh, and it stars Elliot Gould, Christopher Plummer, Susanna York, and a very young John Candy. And it's a neo-noir. Um, it's brilliant. John Candy, save us. Elliot Gould, save us from this fucking nightmare. Yeah. Uh, what is it called? It's called The Silent Partner. Okay. So uh, we're taking a big, big old U-turn away from the schmaltzy wannabe family movie disaster zone. And we are pivoting straight into noir for our next christmas hit yeah, this one's real cynical uh yeah but <laughs> is it earned, is it earned cynicism because this movie's cynical as shit too and i don't think it's doing anything <laughs> with that i think it's deliberate cynicism whereas the, you know 
this just feels brainless yeah um okay so the silent partner 70s neo-noir i will tell you now we do have some horror movies coming up as well would not be they made another one without it and uh, as i said boys um can only go up from here right for the rest of my life yeah i think this yeah. is this is it this, <laughs> this is, the is bottom. rock bottom liam has uh what's the opposite of peak liam is valley yeah. and this might um, be the worst one i've seen on the show hold on uh, now that's a big statement let's take a second to, to let's take a second to think about I this i think it has to be it's, one it's bottom people. three for me yeah. i mean cats is still a massive budget nightmare that i didn't watch cats on the show but Corey and i went to see it together yeah um where were I mean, you at with that movie mitch Oh, I hated cats. Okay, uh, was that the only person I liked in it though? Like there were <laughs> there were some set pieces that didn't like I I appreciated. Was that the only person who didn't hate cats on like a visceral level in the world? Potentially, <laughs> maybe. Um, so like I don't know if oh man, it might be bottom three actually. Yeah, for me this has to be bottom three because. But is like, it the last? Because like I don't know if it's worse than like Ace Ventura two. It's Chud. Chud far two. worse than that for me. Yeah. Far worse than Bud the Chud too. And Corey, it's Bud actually. Ch- I feel like Bud the Chud is getting a raw deal because it... in my memory, like Bud the Chud should not be in this conversation. Okay, right. well, what about like the Bride of the Reanimator? That was just boring. Like yeah. I don't know. Worse than that yeah. for sure. It's this movie also is potentially the most angry we've gotten. <laughs> It's it's also worse to me than I think what I said my bottom was besides cats. Um, and if cats like wasn't as huge as it is, it, right. it wouldn't be number one. Um, a lot of it is just like value reasons. But um, yeah. Christmas Story Two was all was oh, my that bottom. Fucking sucked. This is worse than Christmas yeah, Story this Two. Movie I, this is worse me. than Christmas Story Two. One hundred percent. Me on a similar level to uh, Pet Det- Detective Two. Like I had a similar sort of reaction where not only did I hate the movie, but it also like insulted me. Yeah, this is one hundred percent worse than Christmas Story Two. I think it's worse than Brahms the Boy Two, which I did not like. Uh. It's down there. That. I don't know if it's last, but it is down there. It's really horrible. Mitch, have you seen a Christmas story too? No. What a fucking disaster. Listeners, tell us if uh you've heard us any of us dislike a movie more than this one on the on the podcast. You guys probably know better than us. You probably do. Yeah. Um Yeah. It can only go up from here. What are you guys going to do to wash the taste of this movie out of your mouth? What's I'm, the plan? Well, tonight I am going to watch the newest episode of the Chucky TV series. Uh, Let's go. The point that we're recording can it at. Be good. Yep. It's the penultimate episode and the Chucky series is killing it. By the time this episode comes out, I think the season will be finished. Um, but if, if anyone listening hasn't seen it at all and, uh, you like Chucky or even if you honestly if you don't like Chucky it's a really great combination of teen drama mixed with horror mixed with uh adult based drama um and I think you'd be into it even if you haven't seen the movies but it's also a real treat for fans of the movies so that that's been rocking my world lately and then other than that I'm looking forward to a double feature of uh the long goodbye and the silent partner hell yeah yeah, I'm gonna probably edit this and just uh, lavish in the rage <laughs> that we've that we've had. I might have to go for a walk. Honestly, I'm feeling a little bit up. Walk off that Popeyes. <laughs> I had a Popeyes on so my blood pressure, and like I, I just feel off already. And then this has just sort of driven my rage and I, just like through the roof. So now I think I need to go and just like you know deep breaths and one step after another. 
Fair. Fair. <sighs> okay, so let's get out of here then. Um, Mitch, do you have anything you'd like to plug? No. That's fair. I understand. Um, Liam, do you have anything you'd, you'd like to plug? <laughs> I'd almost want to say no on this one too, but you I guess I gotta... No, no I'll do it. To. I'll... Uh, you guys can find my film writing alter ego, Graham the Haunted Marshmallow, on Twitter and Letterboxd. Um, my username is Graham the Mallow. And also, since uh, it's applicable, uh, you can find my music um, on YouTube and Spotify and Apple Music and stuff. Just me in the house by myself. Um, and that is, of course, a reference to the original Home Alone and, and not a reference to Home Sweet Home Alone. Do you want to... Are you going to plug Are you gonna plug anything else? Do you want to... I'm just I'm, in, I'm I'm suggesting it just to see if you bite. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you guys uh, if you guys want to also check out something that Corey and I did, uh, I'm in a band called Guest Room Status. Guest Room Status. Um, that's on Links Apple in the Music. description. So yeah, Spotify. Uh, if you type it in on YouTube, some stuff will probably come up. And Corey shot the uh, album cover. It's a photo. Um, and so you can also see that when you stream the music wherever you stream it. And uh, it's a five song EP. It's about 18 minutes long. It's a uh, emo based, uh, high energy anthemic, you know, sort of. You rock guys, music. it's so fucking good. And I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to Liam. <laughs> It's so good. You you really should listen to it. So links are in the description. You can find that there. Um, you guys should make a Christmas song, <laughs> dude. I'm down. We we've been talking about doing a uh, uh, an emo version of Oh Holy Night, the best Christmas song. So, you know, maybe I yeah. Stay tuned. Um and uh, yeah. So check out all Liam's stuff. Let Mitch mourn in peace of his evening and. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at Mr. Corey Price. You can hear uh, the other show that I do uh, with our friend Neil about Mortal Kombat stuff, MK PodQuest. We are working through Mortal Kombat Legacy, the web show right now. And um, you can find all of our stuff, including merch and places to uh, to donate, places to leave us voicemails and places to listen uh, at mkpodquest.com. Uh, and thank you all once again for listening to this episode of this podcast. They made another one. You can find us all over the internet on Twitter at They Made Another, which is all one word, and on Letterboxd at TMAO. You can find episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Breaker, and everything else as They Made Another One. You can reach us via email at TMAOPodcast at gmail.com with recommendations for future episodes, questions, comments, and how mad this movie made you on a scale of 1 to 10. Our fantastic thumbnail art is done by Jade Dickinson, who you can find on Instagram at Jade Sketches. And with all that out of the way, do not watch Home Sweet Home Alone. We'll be watching The Silent Partner next time. And they made another one? <laughs> <laughs>